0: Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you.
1: Hey guys, I hope your week's going well so far. I'm going to be out on vacation this week, but I had a little something I wanted to share with you. Tonight we're kicking off a new series called What Happened. You know, anytime somebody has an experience with Jesus, something changes in them. And as a result, things in their lives start to change as well. Some of you might have experienced that. An example might be someone encounters Jesus for the first time, and then they surrender their life to him, or maybe they surrender a part of their life, like a relationship or a problem they're dealing with, and Jesus responds in a major way and and, and comes through for them in their life. Uh, Whatever the situation might be, it causes people to ask, what happened? Sometimes they ask what happened, and sometimes people around them ask what happened. You know, Peter says in in 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. I don't believe that Peter meant always be ready to debate with somebody or always be ready uh, to have the perfect theological response or answer. I think what he was getting at is simple. Always be ready to share your heart with someone about why you were following Jesus and what he's done for you in your life. One of my favorite biblical examples of this story, um, it happens in John 9, uh, it's the story of the blind man. And you know, if you're not familiar with that, something that happens is there's this blind guy and, and Jesus is, is walking in the town and the guy might've been sitting on the side of the road or it doesn't really say, but Jesus comes up to him and, and something crazy happens. He spits in the mud. He takes that spit mud and he rubs it on this guy's eyes. Then he tells the guy, hey, go wash off uh, in some, some body of water, some pool, some pool nearby. And, um, and the guy goes and, and he washes off. And man, all of a sudden he can see. And so, man, he comes back to his hometown and his parents are there and and other people in the crowd who have seen this guy who was blind his whole life, they're seeing him looking around and and walking around and he's not blind anymore. And so, all of a sudden, people are asking, what happened, what happened? And the Pharisees, they weren't too happy about this because it was starting starting to cause them to have to explain things that they really couldn't explain. And man, his response is so awesome in verse 24. They were trying to catch him in lies and, and they were trying, to, um, trying to, to prove that he wasn't really healed and, and all of this stuff. And he says, or it says, a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. They said, give glory to God. We know this man's a sinner. And the guy's response is awesome. He says, it says, he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know is I was blind, and now I see. This guy had a testimony, an experience with Jesus that changed his life forever, and it caused him to follow Jesus. You know, I'm so excited about this series for a few reasons. Um, The first is, I love sharing my testimony because every time I do, two things happen. I get encouraged because I relive the experience just by talking about it, Um, and then, The second thing is I like to give the glory to God. You know, when Jesus comes through for you um, and he impacts your life in a big way, you wanna tell people about it. You know, another reason I'm excited about this series is because I love hearing people's testimonies about what Jesus did in their life, what happened in their life. You know, every one of your leaders has a reason why they volunteer week in and week out and serve Infusion. You know, throughout this series, you're going to hear what happened to your leaders that made them choose to follow Jesus. Now, for the rest of tonight, you'll hear about what happened to them. And I've picked a few of your leaders to kick the series off. So y'all enjoy. Uh, Before
2: we like kick off, like me giving my testimony and everything, I want to pray first because it's always good to pray. All right. Lord, I'm just asking you to come your presence would be here, Lord. God, we pray for Pastor Brady. Oh, he's, he's resting right now. I ask that you give him supernatural rest. And we pray for our leaders, Lord. And I pray for him. He's one of the best. He is the best, Lord. I ask that you give him peace. You give him rest. You give him just a, a supernatural blessing, Lord. I ask that right now this service goes smoothly. That it, my testimony and Mariela's testimony... Reaches those who it needs to reach, Lord. And it falls on fertile soil. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everybody. So I don't want to stand around and, and just walk. So this message is like what happened. So this is how I started following the Lord and being committed to him, I guess you could say. From an early childhood... Well, since I was born, I was raised in this church. Uh, I was the youngest. Are y'all cold? Yeah? I'm like, I see everyone like this. Thank you so much. I think you just got it colder. No. Like, are y'all cold? We're going to freeze you. So I was the youngest of four. Uh, my parents have been going coming here for 20-something years. And they just... They brought me up in church. I I learned about God. I learned about Jesus and how he died on the cross for me. And it was, let's just say that I knew about God, but I didn't really, like, experience him. Like, I didn't have a relationship with him. And what the funny thing is, I, I went to church all the time. Everyone's like, they always commented on, like, I see you all the time here. And I'm like, well, that's because my parents come here. I'm like, they usually bring me. And, like, usually attendance, people, like, see it as actual following the Lord. And I'm going to tell you why that's wrong, because I wasn't in, like, a relationship with God. Can y'all hear me all right? Because I keep moving it back and forth. But I wasn't really in a good place. Like, I pretended that I was following the Lord up like junior high and all that kind of stuff. I I knew how to speak Christianese more than English. Like when people are like, "How you doing, man?" Oh, I'm doing great. Like I'm loving the Lord. I'm, do, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing. Like reading my Bible, even though that was a complete lie. I'm like, they're like, how, "How's your Bible reading?" I'm like, I've I've read a chapter a year. <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh. I'm I'm like, yo, I read it every day, like ten chapters a day. Like, I just I'm consumed in my word. And like I lie all the time, so it's okay. No, it's not okay. I'm just kidding. But for me then, it was just it was more of like a facade. Like I was so consumed how people saw my reputation than like my actual relationship with God. And it wasn't until I went I actually went to high school the first year or so. I wasn't everyone saw me as a goody two shoes cuz I did come from a Christian school, so I didn't know how to like play the part of like the guy that knows what he's doing and I don't do anything bad. But usually I did that for a better reputation so I can like get away with a lot of stuff and then be like, "No, he didn't do that." I'm like, what? Okay. And then he's like, "No, he didn't do that." And I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't do that." Like, I, I kind of saw it, I was very, like, manipulative, I, I kind of made sure my reputation was good with people whenever I, like, crossed them, and then would be like, what, dude, you know me, you know I love Jesus, and I wouldn't do that to you, but, like, church, church-wise, like, as a church kid, I was, like, the best, I guess you could say, like, I, I played the part so well, and then, like, at home, I would just do what I wanted, like, I don't know, man, it was just, it was complete, my integrity was not there at all. Everyone thought it was, because I would give them, like, little hints here and there, and be like, oh, I, I've been doing this, but, like, totally hiding what I was doing in the, like, the back burner, I guess you could say. And then my life changed, only because I attended the Fusion Eye, is what they called it over here. Uh, it was like, the Fusion Internship. Where you stayed a summer over here for like five hours or something like that? Is that it was like five from like eight to twelve. So and that's whenever, and I only went because of the girls. I'm just gonna say that right now, but uh, that that was on my mind most of the time. So whenever I went, uh, dude, my life got totally changed. It was it wasn't like a sudden. Realization of who God is, but we had to do like daily readings, like five chapters a day and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is crazy, guys. Like, I don't even read my Bible five chapters a year. Like, what is going on? And then I only read it because I was competitive and I wouldn't let anyone read more than me. So, uh, like, everyone, whenever I was a kid, everyone spoke things over me. They're like, oh, you're going to be a pastor. as a, as a like a kid you're going to be prophetic you're going to you're going to have all those things just like what you normally say to people like that's the go-to thing they're like you're you're supposed to be in ministry I'm like everyone's in ministry like what are you talking about and it's like the go-to answer for everything and i didn't really care about it i was like i don't know what i want to do i was like how about i just be like a lawyer or something mainly cuz i like to argue and then, I, like, I watched a movie where they did a bunch of paperwork. I'm like, I ain't doing that. I was like, I ain't doing that. And then I, uh, when I went to, like, Fusion Nine, is whenever I, like, really got radically changed was mainly because I was constantly in the word, but I also, we had, like, an hour of prayer time, and we play music, and I really was just, like, in his presence, I guess you could say. And that alone, like, changed my heart, like, softened it where I was always in worship, but like this was like one like nobody was paying attention to me. Worship, everybody like looks around. I always do. I'm gonna admit that. Like so I see who's worshiping and who's not. And that's how I learned like raise my hands, sing, dance or that used to be like really big thing was like do all the dance moves and stuff like that. So that's what I usually did. And I kind of did all the actions of a Christian, but I really wasn't. So whenever I attended the internship is when I it, I really got changed. And I started getting words from the Lord and sharing them with people. And all the words that people like spoke over me, whether it would be like prophetic or something like that. And they're saying that you'll hear from the Lord, uh, write it down. And I started like really doing that was daily at like the Lord would speak to me, not like audibly, but like through my spirit, and it was mainly because I started reading my word, too, and it wasn't, like, I know, if you quote a scripture, like, I can be like, yeah, that's in the Bible, like, because I've been through so many church sermons and everything like that, church kid, my dad's really, like, committed to the Lord, so he brought us up into that atmosphere. So, technically, I was, I knew everything about it, not everything, but I know more than most people did. So uh during that internship is when I really got changed man it was it was just a, a complete heart change for me where like my integrity was like terrible like I was involved in like lust and and just cursing and, and just doing all the things that I shouldn't be doing and I knew that I wasn't it was just complete uh integrity problem um uh, the lord really changed my heart and what I meant like God I, I still feel like I'm kind of manipulative in, in a way, but it's for far less than what it was. Like the Lord, he like, when it says that you're a new creation, that really was that. And my like my parents could tell, my family, the people I was around could tell. And usually I, I surrounded myself with like godly people who were just doing the same things I was doing, uh, following the Lord. So it really helped further my relationship with God. And that's whenever I started leadership here. And the Lord quickly started to break things off of my life that, like, stigmas and and just complete doubts over my life were like, man, was I really saved? And what what I, like, finally figured out was that you're brought up like church kids, I'm not downing you being a church kid at all because I guess you can relate to me. It's like just being brought up and being a little pew baby. So uh, you being brought up in a church environment is not wrong. It's not bad. In fact, that's good because at least you have the chance of knowing God and accepting him and having you, him in your relationship. My testimony is going gonna, is gonna to be a lot different from yours, maybe a little bit similar I just know that whenever I was growing up, I didn't have that heart for the Lord. I didn't. It was mainly just routine, like brushing your teeth, like, okay, let me read my Bible whenever I was younger. And then when my parents stopped paying attention is when I totally stopped. And um, so that's where I was at whenever I was younger. It was just standard routine. Just read your Bible, pray, pray before your meal. Thanks for the grub, Jesus, and just keep eating or something like that. But whenever I started, like really seeking after God, just be, just because of who he was, not because of what he could do for me. And in that time, uh, what drove me to go to the Fusion internship, I know I'm jumping around a lot. But what drove me to go to internship is a lot of people in my life like passed away, like grandparents, great grandparents, a cousin. And I I was very close to all of them. So it was it was mainly out of my brokenness that I was like, man, I acted like when people asked me to go, I'm like, well, I have nothing better to do. But it really, it was my brokenness that actually made the decision to uh, attend the internship. And God, like, because I put a lot of walls up because of that brokenness. And I try to guard my, or not guard my heart, but block it from anything, any, any good thing, any bad thing. I was like, I'm just going to. I was like roll off my back, like totally neutral about everything, no feeling, and the Lord was just steady, like just the Holy Spirit is so awesome because w- whatever I do, like it doesn't matter to Him. He's He still is chasing me, whether I like it or not, whether I'm just involved in deep sin, uh, hiding it from everybody, just trying to in- improve my reputation among men. Uh, he is always there, always uh, willing to just be just the the part, the person that you want to be in life is what he wants for you. Unless it, because whenever you have a new heart in him, because you're a new creation, whenever you figure that out, his ways are higher than your ways. So uh, whenever I went into leadership, I was thinking, I was like, man, I was like, I really want to be a pastor now just because I love ministry so much. And I I really I was a terrible leader at the time because just because I I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I got some great like mentorship, I guess you could say uh, leadership from Pastor Elijah, the the previous one, uh, previous youth pastor. And he really helped me in that because I felt like I was called into like just to be in like full time like pastoral leadership and he helped me through that just gave me some experiences i've preached here a couple times and the lord is so good and whatever is going on in your life am i am i good on time Bueno, awesome i'm about to wrap up so whatever you're thinking well man you're because my i was a church kid so i'm kind of like preaching to the church kids I don't know what your testimony is, so you can tell me later. But I'm I'm speaking to everybody, but I guess you can relate more to those people that have been in, in church a long time. But just make sure that you know that you are in a relationship with them. Like, if I come up to you and I'm like, hey, man, how are you doing? People are always like, oh, man, I'm blessed and highly favored. But we need to see a real, like, heart change whenever we encounter God. So if you're doing the same things you were doing before you were saved, you need to show fruit. So what I'm asking for you, maybe whenever you get alone at home or something like that, is ask yourself, like, do I really know God? And does he know me? Because if you're that honest with yourself, you'll find out. Because that's that's what I did was Man I I know all the, I know all the language the lingo the the scriptures I know how to get saved I, I know how to tell people to get saved I I know how to express like uh joy how how to how to act like I'm doing great whenever I'm doing terrible um how to make it make it seem like I have great faith but really it's just me just spewing words out of my mouth but uh, one thing man and woman uh Make sure you know that you are following God and that you are in a relationship with him. And that's one of my biggest things for you, uh, my testimony. And it, it's God's done so much for me. Uh, been through a lot, and I'm only 18. And if you if you have any questions, just talk to me. And what I'm going to be doing right now is transferring it over to Mariela. So, everyone, hand clap for her as she comes up. Do you want the chair? Do you want to sit down in the chair?
1: And she'll do di- it.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Mariella. Okay.
2: Okay. So, I'll pray for her right now as she does her testimony. Uh, Lord, I ask that you use Mariella, God, for your glory. She would influence people, that it wouldn't be forced, that she, it just flows smoothly, Lord, that her testimony brings a, sheds a new light on who you are, and those who don't know you know you even more now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Okay, well, thank you, um, Jonathan. Um, I... I have something that I want to share with you guys and uh, Pastor Brady asked us to share our testimony so I'll just kind of kind of give a two-minute like interval of my whole life real quick and then I'll share something real uh, real with you guys Um, so I was born and raised here in Louisiana um, in Lafayette Um, my mom is from Puerto Rico my dad is from Mexico so even though I totally look like I am white from the top of my toes to the, you know, from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes, I am completely Latin. And um, I love that part of me. It's my heritage. Um, My grandfather was the founding pastor of Alpha and Omega Church off of South College Road. I don't know if you guys know that. It used to be First Assembly. That's where I was raised. I, I grew up there. I was pretty much birthed into church. Like my mom and dad, they raised me from the beginning. Me and Jonathan kind of have that in common. Um, I went to church my whole life. Uh, I didn't really, um, I was really scared to live and experience life the way that my cousins did or my older cousins did or even my younger sister, my, my younger, my, br- my brother. Um, I'm the oldest of three. And in my family, being the oldest, you had to be the example. So I had to be, like, good. And I had to always remember to be good. Even though, behind the scenes, I was totally, um, how do you say it in English? Um, I was totally mischievous. I was very, uh, how do you, uh, what is the word whenever you talk? You can get people to do things, but, uh, oh, wait. No, not that word. Uh, Instigative. I could get somebody to do something and totally blame it on them. But it was my word. It was my thing. My idea. And so I got my sister in trouble a lot as a kid. A lot, a lot, a lot. And so um, it's funny now because my mom is like, you know, do you remember when you did this? And my sister was like, it wasn't my idea. You know, you guys call me the middle child and you call me this and it is what it is. And it was all me. Um, but as I was growing up, I lost who I was. I knew what my um, legacy was. I knew that my last name said Ochoa. I know that my grandpa was um, this honorable man. My family was very honorable. But behind the scenes, I could see people doing things that shouldn't have not been done and get away with it. So it was easy to um, to hide those things. Um, when I was um, when I was 15, I started um, I think I was 15. When I was 15, I started working really hard. Um, I started like uh, pocketing my money because my dad paid for everything that I needed. I just everything that I, I made, I pocketed. So I was saving up for my f- forever car. Even though at the time, it's not my forever car. I have my forever car outside. Um, But at the time, I thought it was. And when I was 17, I finally succeeded. And I got all the money that I needed to put a down payment on my forever car. And at that time, it was a forerunner. And it wasn't like the one with the the fin on the top. It It was the old school style where the windows rolled down. I don't know if you guys know that. It was like, yeah, old school. Anyways. Um that was my forever car, and I remember uh, going with my daddy to the dealership, and I was so proud of myself because I was able to buy the car with my own name. I didn't need his help. I didn't need nothing. Um, It was the first line of credit that I was going to open up, so my interest rate was like 17%, but I was still so excited that I got it under my name. And um, about... (laughs) I want to say it was about a month after I bought the car, because I bought it on my 18th birthday, now that I'm thinking about it, um, in January. In March, I didn't even have the car two months. Um, I had barely put the license plate on there. In 2006, my sister was in a really bad car accident. Um, two weeks prior to that, as I don't know, how many of you guys have siblings in here? Like, okay. Okay they can get on your everlasting nerve. Am I right? Okay. But now, looking at my sister and our relationship, I would I treasure it uh, now. Then I did not. Um, she was living a lifestyle that I didn't agree with. She was doing things behind my parents' back that I totally knew and I wasn't supposed to say anything. But I totally wanted to, but I didn't. And I held that as a secret and it was eating me alive. And so seeing those things, I would speak things of ill about her. Um, at one point, I was so upset with her that uh, I actually said the words that I hate her and I wish her off of this earth. And so that's where my story begins. Um, she got in a really bad car accident. Drunk driver hit her head on. He was going 80 miles an hour on Ambassador Caffrey. My sister was going 50. So that the cost of impact was about 130 miles. Her best friend passed away in the accident. Her other best friend got really messed up and so did my sister. I remember waking up at 12 o'clock in um, it's, uh, Monroe. Um, I was with my brother at a soccer camp and getting interrupted by the cops who were trying to find us and um, find her at 6 o'clock in the morning. My sister was in the hospital by herself for six hours. Um, nobody knew who she belonged to. All they knew was if she was on a show because they found my driver's license because she took my car. And... Um, When I saw the pictures of my car, I was like, I was devastated that I lost my car. And I really wasn't so worried about my sister at the time. I remember coming, driving on the way here and uh, being like, I wonder what everything looks like. I didn't know that somebody had passed away. It was very materialistic of me. And I remember walking into Lafayette General and hearing the news that my sister was fighting for her life, her everlasting breath off of this world that I wished her off of. I felt like it was all my fault, and I felt that the words that I spoke are, more, are very powerful. I learned that going to church, you know, the words that you speak, you know, you want to be careful, you want to listen to the words that you say, and I didn't listen to them. I didn't heed those directions, and um, while she was fighting for her life, I remember walking down the stairs by the cafeteria back then and uh, just crying and crying and crying and saying, God, I am so sorry that I even spoke those words into existence. And now she's doing what I I spoke into existence. And then um, I remember saying, I'm not worth it. Take me instead of her. If something happens to me, it's okay. It's not her. She can still live her life. She's younger. She's more important than I am. And that's where I started to find where I identified with things in my life that I shouldn't have. I believed things that people had spoken in my life. And I shared with the girls last week about how when people speak life, uh, lies into your life and you take those lies and it becomes like a label and you stick them on you and you totally agree with everything that people have said over you. Um, I shared something personal about my family and about my brother and about the lifestyle that he chose to live or he chooses to live. Um, and it's so important. The words that you speak are very, 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 very powerful. When I was um, 21, I went into a discipleship program. It wasn't here; um, it was called Masters Commission, it was based out of First Assembly, uh, the Assemblies of God. And um, there, I found who I was. There was somebody who spoke into my life, and they said that the words that I speak are like a lion; they're very powerful. But I creep up, and then and then I, I roar. And so I didn't, I I didn't understand that until now, until now that I'm well into my life. <laughs> and um, I want to share something with you guys. Uh, I was going through a very um, hard time when I was in discipleship. Uh, I was there for five years. Um, I did my first year, second year, and third year there. I went into support staff, and then I went into a full time position as an administrative pastor. I got my certification. Uh, to be able to marry and bury people. <laughs> um, or at least that's how I identified it with then. Um, and uh, I started serving somebody, a leader who was in my life, and I was gung-ho. I followed this man. I would follow. I remember saying I would follow him to the grave. Um, I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to work my tail off. Uh, Because I'm a hard worker, and that's how I identified things. And uh, boy, was I wrong. I started serving a man and not the the God in the man. I was lost um, in the concept of everything that he said, I would take it as gold. I took it as the word of God. I didn't take it as um, just some man talking to me. (laughs) He was a pastor. I thought, man, God is going to use him. God's using me. You know, I'm totally living my life. I have said yes to the cause. God is using me as a vessel. But the whole time I was an empty vessel. And that's what I felt like. And so um, when I was uh, 25, when I, my niece was born, that's where I found life. Um, I had to lose a very, 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 very best friend in a car accident for life to totally shift its 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 way. Um, And during that time, I found this verse. And I want you guys to kind of close your eyes for a second. And I know this is kind of, you know, oh, my gosh. I'm not going to do anything to you, I promise. I'm just going to read something to you. And I want to see if you can identify with the words that I'm speaking with. Okay? Okay. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar and you discern my going out and my lying down you are familiar with all of my ways before a word is on my tongue you know it completely o oh lord you hem me in behind and before and you have laid your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain where can i go from your spirit where can i flee from your presence if i go up to the heavens you are there and if i make my bed in the depths you are there if I rise on the wings of the dawn, and if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, and your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the night will become light around, and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, and the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, and when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your word before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, and how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, They would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Okay, now open your eyes. Now David closes this chapter, verse uh, Psalms 139, and he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In um, another version of the Bible, it says, um, instead of offensive way, it says, let me pull it up real quick. It says, see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me. And so when I read this verse, this is my identity right here. Even though it was written by David and David was like pouring out his guts before the Lord and he was broken, I was broken too. I am broken. I'm a bro- I'm bro- we are all broken. You know, there's nobody who is perfect, not one person who is perfect in this room. The only perfect person that ever walked was Jesus Christ himself. And I will never say that I'm perfect like him. And nobody can. But I can say, whenever you say, search me, oh God, he's going to search you for real. He's going to turn you inside out. And he's going to flip you up. And he's not going to throw you away. He's going to start creating who he really wanted and who intended him to be. Am I perfect now? No. Do I struggle now? Heck, yes, I do. I struggle every single day. I sin every single day. But I think that's the most powerful thing that I could honestly say to you is that I do sin every day, but every single day there's grace and there's grace for each and every one of us. And it's not to be taken lightly because the reason that we have grace is because somebody had to die on the cross for us. And whenever he was dying on the cross for us, he didn't leave his last breath until he saw and identify with each and every one of us. And he called us out by name. You know, so I have a purpose, you have a purpose, and it's not the purpose isn't what I can tell you, Dylan, what your purpose is. It's not that. Because when you follow things like that, when people can speak things in and you say, oh, yeah, that's my purpose. I'm going to follow that. You get lost. You become a lost sheep for reals. But the Lord's going to come and find you if you don't give up. And so that is what I wanted to, to leave you with. And that's my testimony is, is that I fight every single day to keep my salvation standing still, but God, the Lord, doesn't give up on me, and he hasn't given up on me. And so I hope and pray for you guys, like David did, that you can actually, you know, honestly say, God, search me and know me, because we are made in his image. That's it.
2: Amen. That was good testimony, wasn't it? I almost started crying, but no. Okay. All right. So we have another closeout video from Brady. So it's going to play right now. I'm getting the stuff out of the way for y'all.
1: Hey guys, I'm sure you enjoyed tonight. I can't wait to get back and hear about everything that your leader shared. And I can't wait to hear next time we join together on what they have to share. I love you guys. Y'all have a great week uh, praying for you guys tonight and see you soon.
2: Okay. So I'm going to pray this out so everyone can stand. See, the the purpose of your testimony is something that can relate to somebody that, let's say, that something in the Bible that they would get turned off from. No one can refute. No one can argue against what you've been through. No one can say that that wasn't important in your life. No one can say that that shouldn't have had an effect on you as much as it should You might get these thoughts that say That guy has a a better testimony than me She might have a better testimony than me Uh, And I'm just going to tell you right now that you're dead wrong That God uses everything in your life for the good And that's something that I noticed Was that I've, I've had loss And then God used that from my brokenness to see Him So anything you've been through, whether it was betrayal, uh, whether it was heartbreak, just complete brokenness, He still loves you. And that's where testimonies are, are really formed, is your identity in Him is through His love. I don't know a person that has a significant or powerful testimony and I believe that almost every testimony is powerful that hasn't started with God's changed me because He loved me. And I want everybody to close your eyes right now. If you haven't had that that change in your heart how I was talking about and you don't know your identity in Christ whether in your with in good standing, which means are you good with Him? Is Are you in a relationship with Him? Do you know how much He loves you and do you accept it and believe that He died on the cross for you because of His love? If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand because I believe that it's an individual prayer and this is what you have to do is that you have to believe that he died on the cross for you and completely commit to following him every day it's not it may seem like it's a hard thing to do but whenever you realize his love for you you'll want to do it every day and I want to talk to someone else in the room is that you may think that you don't have a good testimony because you haven't been through the things that maybe your leader has. That maybe you were born in church, you've known Jesus, you've you, you loved Him from the start, that you may have a testimony that you don't think is worth saying to the group because you have five friends that have the same Testimony. Your testimony is impactful, whether you realize it or not. It says that we overcome by the power of the blood and the word of our testimony. So if, you, if you're if you in a conversation and you mention Jesus, you have the opportunity to also mention your testimony. So right now, I'm going to pray over those two. God, we ask you to come. Those who haven't given their life to the Lord, I ask that you give them a boldness, you give them a realization of who they are, and it becomes an individual choice and a decision that they make, Lord, to follow you all of the days of their life, Lord, and that right now their heart may be beating, Lord, but I ask that you calm them and you just speak to them right now in their spirits, Lord. Thank you for just invading this room. Even people that need to recommit their lives to the Lord. We thank you that your anointing and your blessings and, and just your presence and love is here, Lord. God, I pray for the people that feel like they don't have that good of a testimony, or they feel like, eh, when when. When someone's like, What's God done in your life? What drove you to, to the Lord? Gotta ask that they have a, a you perspective, that they realize that the only reason why they're serving you is because of you. That the impact that you have on us is greater than we can comprehend. And Lord I pray for every single person in this room that they would be blessed that they would realize you are good that you are merciful that you are you are jealous of us you are you are love itself Lord and I ask that whenever they leave this room that they would be begging the question how can I tell my testimony to someone else? Give me an opportunity, Lord. What is it? Let let their testimony in their minds just keep on unraveling and say, what else can I tell people about how good you are? Which is basically the only thing that we need to tell people is how good he is. Thank you for the flow of the service, Lord, for being Just so smooth, Lord. I thank you that I was able to speak. I thank you for Mariela's testimony. God, we thank you for Josh and Micah that it ran smoothly in worship and your anointing fell. I thank you for the attendance of Fusion, Lord, that there was as many people as we can stuff in here, Lord, that needs to hear it, Lord. We pray for the people that aren't here that you would bless them twice as much as us, Lord. I thank you for everything that you did tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If any of you need altar ministry, we can have some leaders up. But if not, you're dismissed. Thank y'all.
0: Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.